everybody. Welcome back to another episode of Don't Give Up the Ship podcast. This is Teaching to the Creed, Module 6.1, Acceptance. Learning outcome for this episode, upon completion of this block of instruction, the student will have a clear understanding of the definition of acceptance and how it applies to the overall effectiveness of initiation and the success of developing a chief petty officer. The objectives discuss and define acceptance as it relates to the CPO creed, analyze and discuss the history of the initiation process, importance of acceptance by the CPOMS, and discuss continuing the conversation after acceptance. Curriculum development references, laying the keel, May 2019, Navy Leader Development Framework, version 3.0, May 2019, Tradition of Change by James Lucci, Naval History and Heritage Command, the document will be linked in the description. For this one, I decided to do this episode myself, uh, and there's a couple of reasons for that that I'll get into as I do the lesson, but it's something I'm passionate about expressing in the way that I'm going to, and you'll understand why when we get into it, but for the excerpt for the creed for this lesson, you must first understand trust, and the excerpt, the quotation is, your faith in the fellowship of the chief petty officer was necessary. The goal was to instill in you that trust is inherent with the donning of the uniform of a chief. And then to reach acceptance, the next quotation, we take deep and sincere pleasure in clasping your hands and accepting you as a chief petty officer in the United States Navy. I'm going to dissect not just those quotes, but relate those to the tradition of change and just my philosophy on acceptance as a whole as we get into this. I hope to communicate just how important it is that it's understood in the way that it was intended and and we'll get into all that as we go uh so here we go and there's not going to be a clip (laughs) there's not going to be a weird transition into an interview because i'm doing this by myself so so first um to i'm going to follow along in the lesson plan as well but i'll be talking about uh the previously mentioned kind of philosophy i have on acceptance as i go but um the first question in relation to the excerpts from the creed that i read was what does this phrase mean uh and we're talking about both of them really because there's two uh and it's talking about like you must first understand trust and when they're talking about your faith in the fellowship of chief petty officers was necessary, the goal is to instill in you that trust is inherent with donning of the uniform of a chief. I, I think we've examined trust in all the episodes pretty in detail, so I'm going to focus on the acceptance piece. Um, it, t- it says, we take deep and sincere pleasure in clasping your hands and accepting you as a chief petty officer in the United States Navy. And so I'm going to interpret that in two ways. Uh, one is first literally is that when you arrive at pinning, you've already gone through what we call acceptance, right? And, and I've talked about acceptance on some previous podcasts about when when we're talking about acceptance, we are talking about a symbolic moment that happens. It feels literal at the time because of the way the season is constructed. And it just, it becomes an emotionally charged moment where um, you're, you're forced into a moment of understanding and a moment of generally some form of emotional vulnerability and then a moment of kind of clarity and realization and at that moment is generally where we recognize that you're ready and then you become accepted i'm not going to go into excruciating detail because some of that stuff is private for a reason but the part that i want to focus on is that it says we take deep and sincere pleasure in clasping your hands it doesn't say we might okay (laughs) And what do I mean by that? So I've talked about 
a lot of times acceptance can get interpreted literally. Uh, I've been in a situation where a bunch of, uh, at the time, what were referred to genuine chiefs were having serious conversations about not accepting a chief select into the mess because they weren't ready. And I got really frustrated by it at the time. I didn't understand it in the way I do now and kind of have the same perspective on it that I do now. But at the time, I got really frustrated by the fact that it was being viewed so literally. Uh, I also felt like they were kind of (laughs) right in that moment. But then later, I had a moment of clarity where I understood that the only reason a chief select is not ready for acceptance is because their leadership failed to prepare them for it. It's the only answer. So if a chief select arrives at the moment of acceptance, which is symbolic, and I will argue anyone to the death on that point, is that moment is a a symbolic moment. It feels like it's real. Like It feels like you're really being accepted as in we're granting you admission or something to that effect. That's not really what's happening. It's just a moment of clarity for that selectee where their mind kind of switches over. You kind of flip the switch in your head of where you believe that you're a chief now. You, You come to this moment of realization that you being selected and all the things that you did before and then all of the stress and trials and everything that led up to that point, including the initiation season, but not just you were a chief already. And and that's kind of what we're trying to get the selectee to realize as that event unfolds is that you are a chief. Right. And a lot of times you'll see people say that, but not believe it. And that's what that moment of clarity and realization is, is the moment of belief that like, I, I'm not a chief select. I am in fact a chief petty officer. And it sound that when I say it like that, and when I just say it on a podcast, I, it doesn't, it's not going to resonate in the same way until you're in that moment where it's happening. And, um, when it does, it is very clarifying and galvanizing and you you really believe and come out the other end a chief and and it's a real transition that happens even though the moment is symbolic where the we're not deciding who's going to be a chief and who's not in that moment that's already happened at a selection board what we're doing is is giving you that moment of clarity facilitating that right and, and it's what changes the mindset and it's the change that you see in that person the next day at pinning and then after that and it's real and i I talked to uh, dan the special warfare tech that i talked to on credibility of a chief who's a first class petty officer and doesn't have this type of perspective like has not experienced it himself because he's not a chief yet but he has seen that change happen in friends of his that have been selected and initiated and are now chiefs where he's like like something happens There's a real thing that happens during acceptance where they come out the other end and the next day, the look in their eyes different. And it is. And that and that's what we're talking about in that moment. And I want that when we're talking about the definition of acceptance, which is quoted in the lesson plan as the action or process of being received as adequate or suitable, typically to be admitted into a group, which sounds like it might apply. And I would. I would disagree somewhat because I don't think we're, we're not deciding whether they're going to be admitted or not. And, and again, 
I'll argue anybody on that because if you believe, if you really believe that, if you really believe that we're in the midst of a selection process in that moment, you fundamentally misunderstand what chiefs are and what we do. And I'll debate anyone on that point. It is a symbolic process. It is a symbolic moment to provide clarity and understanding to that select that they are actually a chief. That that the capstone event and the initiation that preceded it has done what it was supposed to do and accomplished all his training objectives so that that selectee can make the transition mentally and accept the fact that they are actually a chief and no longer a selectee. And in fact, the entire time they were, and they're just now getting there, you know, it's a moment of clarity and realization. It's, it's a, it's an actualizing thing. So, uh, do you believe it is important for the mess to accept you based on what I just said? Absolutely. But again, not literally accept it's, it's a symbolic thing. So for the next slide, we're talking about, uh, the, the mission vision guiding principles quote, which interestingly, the mission, vision, guiding principles are not as old as I am in this Navy. Uh, and again, like tradition of change, I've mentioned it in almost every podcast. It's in the show notes. Very important document that if you have not scrutinized in great detail as a chief selectee or a chief, you need to. But the why vision of a chief petty officer, a senior enlisted force that serves first and foremost as deck plate leaders committed to developing sailors and enforcing standards, remains responsive, aligned and well connected to both leadership and sailors and conducts itself in a consistently professional, ethical and traditional manner. And again, that's from the CPO mission, vision and guiding principles. So the first question is why acceptance? Again, I think I've covered most of this, but when you're going through the process, there's a lot that happens. And when you're first selected, the the rank structure in the Navy and the process of initiation and transition into the into the chief's mess is set up in a way that every first class that's been around nowadays anyway. And again, get get in the tradition of change documents so you can see how very different it is nowadays and how recent those changes have been but in its current iteration in in this generation of first class petty officers and chiefs no one understands any other way of doing things so they know when the selection list comes out they're no longer a first class not yet a chief is is what you'll hear said right so there's a selectee in this transition period and they have to transition go through this process team building activities challenges stresses all these things, milestones they have to reach until you get to the moment of acceptance, that actualization happens, and then you're symbolically accepted into the mess. So when you get to that point, again, you you wonder why I think it's so necessary when I'm sitting here questioning, not even questioning, arguing against the fact that it's a literal acceptance. It's extremely important to realign the mode of thinking of a chief selectee because, and I, and I talk about it a lot in other episodes, but the way the advancement process is set up in the Navy is that it's very you focused. It's very me, me, me. Like I have to do these things. I have to do these things. Like you have to get your MTS. You have to get an EP. You have to qualify these watches. You have to do all these things. And we, we release documents with the, um, the precepts and the convening order and all the things saying these, this is, these are all the things you have to accomplish to be selected as a chief. 
some of some of the fabric is woven where it's you know it's saying that the sailors that you lead should be performing this way because that's the leaders are measured by the success of their people but just the culture of of the navy advancement systems it's very you focused we need your eval to say these things you need to accomplish these things me 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 right so we've been programming you for however long whether it's eight years or 18 years to think this way that you have to meet all these wickets to be promoted to chief and then all of a sudden we're scrambling your brains and telling you it's not about you anymore all you should care about is your sailors you're measured by the success of your sailors and and it's it's very much a reconditioning process in a way where we're we need to shift your focus from you to everyone but you and that's a big shock and it seems very obvious when i say it and it seems simple but it's it's not easy it's it's a hard thing to break someone up to break that habit because it's ingrained in you that this is how you advance you just do a bunch of things on your, get them on your eval and then you get an ep and that's how you're you're advanced and it's like that's not what we're interested in anymore it's not about you it's about everybody but you and that's how you're going to be measured so it's a it's a shock it's a thing that you know some people take to it better than others because some people were fortunate enough to be developed in a way both contextually from prior to the navy and then by leaders and mentors and and processes during their career that got them to a point where they're more prepared to make the transition some are less so but everywhere falls everybody falls on the spectrum that when they're selected there's still finishing that needs to be done it's done during the initiation process and then that moment of acceptance is the actualization that makes the the transition complete it's it's a, a galvanization of like everything that happened up to that point including everything before initiation it all kind of meets in that moment comes to a head and then the transition's complete symbolic acceptance done and then that mental shift happens and i think that moment that that actualizing moment is very very important to the process to completing it and making it all stick and making that mental shift happen that's it's a very important thing and it's it's hard to continue like i'm just gonna talk in circles if i continue to try to explain it because without experiencing it or being there at least to see it happen it's very hard to to provide clarity to people to make you really understand um so i'm i'm hoping that i'm doing a good job but uh again it's it's a thing that i feel like no matter how articulate i am and how how artfully i explain it i don't know that i'm doing it justice next question is as a selectee uh, what is your desired outcome of initiation for you and your fellow selectees that's a question that i mean it's been a long time it's been almost a decade since i was a selectee and uh, as I as I look at this question, I, I'm trying to think about what it was like for me. But again, it's been so long that it's difficult to do that. But what I would tell you is that as a selectee, you should be thinking about that. You should be really studying that question and studying yourself and, th- and thinking about it deeply and at length and, and trying to come out on the other end with a very clear and concise answer about what you're hoping to gain, what you hope you come out the other end as, and really reflect on your experiences up to that point and the moments when you were a junior sailor and you had experiences with chiefs, good or bad, that contributed to your idea of a desired outcome of initiation now that you're a selectee. 
moving on to the next slide. Um, it's talking about all the changes that have happened throughout history, like the entirety of the history of the chief petty officer about uh, the principles remaining the same, but a lot of things have changed. So what are some traditions that are consistent and what do you think they are? And as you look back, I'm going to disagree with, it says answers should be CPO creed and acceptance. Neither of those things have been around the entire time. The concept of initiation didn't exist for approximately the first 60 years that chiefs were around from 1893 on 60 years later. In the tradition of change, it talks about that fact. It talks about the fact that the CPO creed wasn't real until, I believe, 1968. I'm going to fact check myself right now. I actually got mixed up a little bit. So the, the caption at the bottom of the the original creed that's in a tradition of change says the original version of the CPO creed was written after 1948 indicated by references to the E7 as a pay grade reading the creed became a fixture of CPO initiations in the 1960s the original version of the creed had references to fraternity brotherhood and humiliation which were later dropped when the creed was rewritten in the mid 1990s and this was something that I thought was really important that I'm I'm going to read the entirety of the original chief's creed because i want to provide some clarity on one that the entirety of the initiation process including acceptance it it became a tradition but it wasn't originally and when it first started it was rooted in some really strange concepts uh and it mentioned the humiliation piece and everything else but i'm going to read the initial chief's creed not just because i want to highlight those points but because i want to see I, w- I want the listener to understand how far we've come and to see how much has changed. So the original Chief Petty Officer's Creed. During the course of this day, you have been caused to suffer indignities, to experience humiliations. This you have accomplished with rare good grace, and therefore, we now believe it fitting to explain to you why this was done. There was no intent, no desire to demean. Pointless as it may have seemed to you, there was a valid, time-honored reason behind every single deed, behind each pointed barb. By experience, by performance, and by testing, you have been this day advanced to Chief Petty Officer. You have one more hurdle to overcome. In the United States Navy, and only in the United States Navy, E-7 carries unique responsibilities. No other armed force throughout the world carries the responsibilities nor grants privileges to its enlisted comparable to the privileges and responsibilities you are now bound to observe and expected to fulfill. Your entire way of life has now changed. More will be expected of you. More will be demanded of you. Not because you are an E7, but because you are now a chief petty officer. You have not merely been promoted one pay grade. You have joined an exclusive fraternity. And in all fraternities, you have a responsibility to your brothers, even as they have a responsibility to you. Always bear in mind that no other armed force has rate or rank equivalent to that of the United States Navy. Granted that all armed forces have two classes of service, enlisted and commissioned. However, the United States Navy has the distinction of having four, i.e. enlisted, chief petty officer, commissioned warrant officer, and commissioned officer. This is why we in the United States Navy may maintain with pride our feelings of superiority once we have attained the position of E-7. These privileges, these responsibilities, do not appear in print. They have no official standing. They cannot be referred to by name, number, nor file. 
They exist because for over 200 years, the chiefs before you have freely accepted responsibility beyond call of printed assignment. Their actions and their performance demanded the respect of their seniors as well as their juniors. It is now required that you be a fountain of wisdom, the ambassador of goodwill, the authority in personal relations, as well as their technical application. Ask the chief as a household word in and out of the Navy. You are now the chief. The exalted position you have now received, and I use the word exalted advisedly, exists because of the attitude, the performance of the chiefs before you. It shall exist only so long as you and your compatriots maintain these standards. So this is why you were caused to experience these things. You were subjected to humiliations to prove to you that humility is a good, a great, a necessary change which cannot mar you, which in fact strengthens you. And in your future as a chief petty officer, you will be caused to suffer indignities to experience humiliations far beyond those imposed upon you today. Bear them with the dignity and with the same good grace which you bore these today. It is our intention that you will never forget this day. It is our intention to test you, to try you, to accept you. Your performance today has assured us that you will wear your hat with a plume, brothers in arms before you. I take a deep, sincere pleasure in clasping your hand and accepting you into our midst. So that is the original CPO creed. And I thought, I thought it was important to get the perspective of that's where it started. That's where the creed started. Uh, I still don't know exactly who wrote it or when it was written, but uh, it was revised in the 90s to more of a the, more of the concept that you see today but uh, I want you to understand where it began and I also want you to understand that when we say the creed and acceptance are some of the constant or consistent traditions throughout the entire time it's like that's not it's not from the entire time like that's not real <laughs> the creed it's a tradition. It's been around for a while, but it hasn't been around the entire time. Neither has the initiation process or acceptance. It just hasn't. It just hasn't. That's, it's not accurate. It's been around for, for a while. And um, I, again, examine the, the document of tradition of change. It will help you understand a lot of these things far better uh, than most people do now, including the chiefs that are listening. If you haven't spent time studying that document, you really need to. Next slide has a quote from the CPO Creed. Challenge is good, a great and necessary reality which cannot mar you. Uh, and it says evolve selectee leadership into team builders who are selflessly focused on mission accomplishment through challenging selectees mentally, physically, and emotionally. So what you see now with the current versions of CPO initiation is that, so the Creed evolved like we just talked about, but also how we interpret the messaging in the creed has evolved into building the process of initiation like on those concepts which is evidenced by the fact that this training exists it's built on the foundation of the existing cpo creed um, but the concept of challenge is good a great necessity or a great and necessary reality which cannot mar you it's a real that's a, in and of itself is an incredibly important concept and, and the question is how does this relate to the purpose of initiation and it, and it relates directly to it in that 
you're going to be challenged the entire time in every way you can think of. You're going to be overwhelmed, overtasked, stressed out. You're not going to get enough sleep sometimes. Um, you're going to be just overwhelmed and, and not know what to do and, and which way to go and what to prioritize first and how to execute a task appropriately. And can you even ex- execute a task appropriately? Sometimes you're going to feel stressed out to the point that you're going to feel like you can do nothing right. You don't know which way to go or where to even start. The point of that is to prepare you for very real things that are going to happen to you when you're a chief petty officer and you're in charge, when you're the leading chief. And I I talk about it a lot that when you get into this, it's the most rewarding thing I've ever done with my life. But I've come out with literal and figurative scars and so will you. And, And it's not that that's a bad thing. It's just you need to understand going in that you're gonna be challenged and you're gonna be challenged Far, far more it's than you than you have during this process or, or during anything that's happened before. You're going to find yourself in situations that are mind-bendingly stressful and challenging. Not just to you, but to your people, which is going to then stress you even, even further. And there's a lot of reasons why you need to be aware of that and you need to prepare yourself for that as much as you possibly can because it's going to happen. It's coming, but it, it it can't permanently hurt you unless you allow it to, de- to defeat you, unless you quit, right? And you should never find yourself in that situation because as we talk about through the entire process of initiation, it, you're not the only one in this. You have a, a network of people that will always be willing when necessary to drop what they're doing and come to your aid. You are never alone in this. You are never going to be allowed to fail so long as I'm aware that you're struggling, right? So just understand that challenge is good, but it's also going to be very difficult. It's going to be very, very hard, but it's a necessary reality that unless you allow it to, unless you you don't rely on the help that is always there and readily available, it can't hurt you. It's only going to make you better. You're only going to improve from it. And yes, you will come out of it with scars, but every one of them is worth it. The uh, statement I need to read. So the weight of the anchor is heavy. The challenge of initiation, maintain mission readiness in our work centers, receive, execute charges from the CPMS and remain committed to life work balance. Um, I think we've covered that. So I'm going to move on to the next slide uh, and it's a little kind of flow chart we're talking about tested and selected six weeks of professional training character building cpo team building events physical training uh, and while maintaining mission focus uh, again it's going to be a different year this year because of covid but that's what it normally is acceptance based on ability to demonstrate character commensurate to an august cpo i'm not even going to go down the road of explaining what that means Humility, ability to trust in the mess and uh, utilize knowledge gained throughout the course of six weeks and then continue the conversation, which I think is by far and away the best part. Continue evolving as a leader. Utilize Chief's Mess training, CPO Creed, knowledge gained in the CPO charge books, CNO and MCPON required reading lists, uh, on and on it goes. And and there's a NLIC course coming out for, for specifically for chiefs like you that are listening, the selectees that are transitioning right now. And when that's completely rolled out and online, utilize that. Utilize everything you possibly can. Right now, I mean, 19 years senior chief, I'm going to school for organizational leadership and learn, learning a lot while I do it. Uh, learning from uh, great military leaders of the past however many centuries. Like it's, it's 
it never ends. It never stops. You never stop adding value if you're pursuing it. So don't ever stop pursuing it. It's a continual growth process. Uh, the According to the slide, the first question, uh, how does acceptance fit into the process growth of a chief petty officer? What is the importance of acceptance? I've, I've answered that question. I, I don't... It fits in how does acceptance fit into the process growth of a chief petty officer so I, I i'm going to approach this from the the perspective of a chief because i've already explained how why acceptance is important to a selectee and i don't know how else to interpret that question is acceptance is important to the growth of a chief because on the other end of it one of the most important seasons you'll ever go through, through besides the one a selectee goes through and their transition to become a chief is the one you go through right after it when you're a first year chief the first season you go through when you're on the other side of the looking glass to me is one of the most important seasons a chief ever goes through because now you're on the other side now you have gone through the process and you get to watch other people go through the process from the other side of it and there is so much to learn as you watch that unfold Um, I think it's very not always applicable, but it's very important to spend most of that time silently observing and asking lots of questions when the selectees walk out of the room. Not that you can't be involved. I, I'm not saying that like a lot of times I get pushback on on this concept of all chiefs have a voice and you have a, a unique perspective and all those things. It, none of those things are untrue. But if you're focused on providing your input, you're not as focused on paying attention to what every all the other things that are going on in the room all the other reactions all the other things that are being said you're sitting there listening to what's happening and then formulating your response and and all those things so it's like you're not as engaged in learning yourself and developing yourself as a chief that's going to be in charge of that process eventually um i just think it's a really important thing to consider when you're going through on the other end of it, it, there's a huge growth that happens when you get to watch that process on the other end of it. And I think it's really important to spend a lot of that time being an observer so that you can be best prepared to be a, a sponsor, to be a very important, like a chairperson, uh, some type of a lead of either part of or the entire season. And so you understand it as intimately as you need to, to be successful at that. And you get the opportunity to, to learn on that side of it and ask lots of questions and have discussions and challenge yourself to grow as a chief in that first year so that when you are involved the following year as a sponsor or as a some kind of a chairperson or whatever, that you're as prepared as you possibly can be and you've grown as a chief over that second year Uh, how does humility play a role in your acceptance as a chief petty officer and how does it affect you as a leader Uh, (laughs) humility is what's going to allow you to have that actualizing moment when you're being accepted it's something that is very difficult for some people less difficult for other people everybody approaches it from a different place and a different state of being, you know, it's like, it's not, no one is ever in the exact same place. So it's, some people have a really hard time allowing themselves to be vulnerable. Um, I, I act, I sponsored a chief select to that. Uh, she's now a senior chief, but she was a person that very, very humble. One of the most prepared leaders going into an initiation season that I've ever seen, but her weak area was allowing people to see her be vulnerable. She just wasn't having it. <laughs> like there was there was a very thick, sturdy wall between her 
ability to be vulnerable and everybody else. And it was very, very difficult to get her to trust a large group of people that she didn't know very well. Like she knew me and a couple of others. So if it was just me and her, she probably would have been comfortable being vulnerable. But because she was in a giant room full of chiefs, most of which she couldn't name off the top of her head, she had a really hard time getting past that. And the humility part of that like was present and it's a, it's generally the barrier for other people being able to allow themselves to do what they need to do but vulnerability is probably a bigger deal because in that moment you have to allow yourself to be vulnerable enough for them to see you and they need to be able to see you like really see you to be able to see if that moment of recognition and actualization is actually happening <laughs> I need to be able to see you for real, minus all the, the other stuff, to, to know, to be able to recognize that in you. And, and it, it's, it's, again, it's really difficult to explain in just spoken word without seeing it happen, without re, like seeing that look on their face of, oh, okay, there it is. And, and it's, 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 everybody recognizes it in the moment when it happens. Like, I've been standing in tents and, like weird like rooms and buildings on a mount site and all kinds of places where this process is happening with a wildly varying group of chief petty officers that when it happens everybody recognizes it almost immediately like that there it is you know like and they now they get it and that's when everything it switches it switches over to you know like the recognition that you're there and and acceptance has happened and then we move on uh statement i have to make from the ig one important fact to take from this slide is the process does not end after acceptance which we talked about and growth and development must continue throughout your entire naval career which we also mentioned so the next slide there's a really long quote uh i'm not going to read the entire thing but basically the gist of it is uh it's a chief talking about it it took him some time, but he recognized eventually that he could walk in any mess in the Navy uh, and rely on the network for help and just be able to relate to and talk to and ask for assistance of any chief anywhere in the entire Navy, which is, is a very true thing that uh, you'll realize as you get the opportunity to do those things. Um, defining a chief petty officer, this is a, from laying the keel, is a visible confidently humble chief petty officer leading our navy team forward the questions associated with that uh what does the definition mean to you uh, it seems pretty pretty straightforward and i think we've talked about a lot of it uh in great detail so i'm going to move past that can someone provide an example of a chief not living up to this definition we have we've done so in excruciating detail in prior episodes so i'm also not going to spend time on that question and then can someone provide an example of a chief that is living up to the definition? Uh, again, those are discussion questions for the selectees and I'm going to leave to that purpose. Uh, it, it's something that I think we've tackled in all the prior episodes. I don't feel the need to dive deeply into those questions. Um, the next slide has a quote. Uh, your performance has assured us that you will wear the hat with the same pride as your comrades in arms before you. Um, it, we've gone into that as well, I think. Um, some of these slides, I'm just like, uh, it's a little confusing, but it's talking about um, it is our CPO creed and the definition of a chief that is the expectation framework to acceptance. Uh, the greater part of acceptance is understanding that even though you are initially accepted, you must work to keep the acceptance of your peers in the mess. 
I don't agree with that. Uh, I would say that you, as we've talked about before, you have to be a good steward of the mess so that we all benefit from the inherent trust uh, and credibility that we have just by putting anchors on every morning, which I've talked at length about, I think is in peril right now. Uh, But as far as you have to work to maintain acceptance, I, I disagree with that entirely. I think that once you're accepted, you're accepted no matter what, and that we will take ownership of the state that you are in as a mess because you're a part of it no matter where you are. And if you need something from us, then we'll do what we we'll do what we need to do to take ownership of that because we've talked before about how you don't get to the the mess it, as an organization doesn't get to not own our failures and that's what that sounds like to me is that if you were to catastrophically fail even to the point of violating your integrity or your character and doing something that and you end up losing your anchors or you end up in a jail cell or whatever even though you'd be removed from the mess and in that scenario we still have to take ownership of the fact that a chief did that whatever that that is right so i don't like the way that's phrased or what that implies um and now uh we're we've arrived at our summary um i a lot of the focus of this topic i kind of thought missed the mark a bit and and what i mean by that is that i don't think it's focused on the more important piece of acceptance, which is the one understanding unequivocally that it is a symbolic moment. And I don't think you'll get out of it what you need to unless it's treated that way as a, as a selectee. And that I don't think you're going to accomplish what you need to as the facilitator of that process and the one charged with ensuring that moment of actualization happens if you're treating it literally, <laughs> it's insane to treat that like it's a literal moment. Because if you are one, I mean, you're not the one that selects people to chief. That's what the selection board does. Ask me how I know. Number two, you are the leader that is responsible for training and developing and educating that sailor. If you are not willing to accept them in that moment, you have failed as a leader and a developer and a trainer it is your responsibility as a chief it is our responsibility as a mess to prepare sailors to make the transition to successfully initiate and then to reach the moment of acceptance so that they can make that mental transition to the fact that they are now in fact a chief petty officer and part of the mess you don't get to decide in that moment that they're not ready or that they're not worthy. It's so arrogant and belligerent and just misguided to think that's what that moment is about. And that's one of the reasons why I wanted to spend time talking about this just as a solo episode is because I feel so passionately about this. And I I will definitely, I've talked about it uh, on other podcasts. And if anybody is passionately in disagreement, and is pounding their desk as they listen to this, reach out. I'll absolutely debate this with you on a podcast. I don't think I'll get any takers because I don't think anybody really passionately believes that it's a literal moment of acceptance. Um, But if you do, reach out. Uh, I just think that it needs to be looked at the right way. And I think most people do. But I think 
a lot of people, especially the ones making the transition or the ones that are eligible and are maybe prospective chiefs for next year, hear about it more and more and think about it like they have to earn their way in. It's like, no, you did that already. Your name's on a selection list. You've got a literal piece of paper in in the form of a nav admin saying you have been selected to chief. So it's already done. You've already been selected for admission. You just, there's a training process that needs to happen. At the end of it, there's a moment called acceptance that is a symbolic moment where you have this actualizing moment. And it's very challenging and it's emotionally charged and vulnerable. And a lot of people have a hard time with it. That doesn't mean it's a literal moment of acceptance where you might not get in. And you'll, you might hear that during your initiation season where, um, like you just, we won't accept you. You'll pin anchors on the 16th, but you won't actually be part of the mess. Like it's an empty threat. It's not real. And if, if there's messes out there doing that, (laughs) I just, I don't even have words. Um, yeah. And I think that's all I got. I I think that's where I'm going to, I'm going to start wrapping this thing up. And again, uh, I just want to recap what we talked about. So in summary, the, the quotations for the acceptance piece of the CPO creed. So you must first understand the trust piece, the quote being your faith in the fellowship of the chief petty officer was necessary. The goal was to instill in you that trust is inherent with the donning of the uniform of a chief. And then to reach acceptance, the quotation, we take deep and sincere pleasure in clasping your hands and accepting you as a chief petty officer in the United States Navy. I, I'm really passionate about this because I've seen it done wrong. I've seen it done wrong in a way where it was interpreted literally, as I discussed before, and that it's it's damaged new chiefs. And that scares me. It's too important of a thing to do incorrectly. It's too important of a thing to not fully understand. And it's just too important of a thing overall to not get right. You don't get to do it twice. Right. I say that about a lot of things kind of like this It's like you don't get a mulligan on something as important as this. It's not a thing that we can press rewind and do again. You do it once. And if you get it wrong, there's a scar there, regardless of how well it heals, regardless of all of the things you do to try to fix that you can remediate that all day long. There will always be a scar. So it's really, really important that we put the time and effort into preparing for this evolution and doing it right. And, I, and I'm really, really passionate about that. Uh, if you have any questions about that or you want to discuss it or you need anything from us at all, hit us up. Don't give up the ship podcast at gmail.com. You can Facebook message us. Don't give up the ship podcast. Or you can DM me on Instagram or Reddit at Degas podcast. Hit us up. Get involved in the conversation. Let us know how we did. This is the final module of teaching of the creed. So this, this wraps it up. Uh, I'm really interested to hear what you guys thought of it. If it was useful to you, if it helped you navigate the chief season, if you feel like you're better prepared to enter the mess when you do, I really want to hear and for the chiefs out there listening, because I know you are and maybe you used it or suggested it or whatever as you facilitated teaching the creed. Let me know if it was useful. Let me know if it helped. If there's something I can do better or we can do better to to help you facilitate and prepare these selects to be chiefs, please let us know. Uh, very interested in hearing that feedback. Uh, if you could like, share, subscribe, review on all the platforms for all the things for social media and podcasts, it really helps get the word out to the people that need it. And that is it. The magnum opus of teaching to the creed. Uh, all 11 podcasts is complete. Uh, I really appreciate everybody's support in getting this, this thing done. I'm really 
proud of it. Uh, and I'm happy that it helped. And, and that's it. That's what I got for you over 11 episodes. <laughs> uh, thank you so much for listening. And don't give up the ship. <laughs>